Welcome to the Prepping Patriots Podcast. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Can you believe it's already the end of February? I can't get over that. This These last two months have gone by really, really fast. Um, so today, spent some time trying to think about what to bring up in for uh, today's topic. And JT is out today. Uh, so we'll see if we can get him in on Wednesday or Friday here. But in the meantime, I'm going to be doing things solo. And I decided the topic for today is going to be knowledge. So as you saw, the title of the podcast, Ascending the Learning Curve, How to Keep Climbing, um, I wrote down some notes for myself to keep me on topic, uh, but I wanted to go over a few things that have been on my mind lately. So first off, let's start you off with a phrase that almost all of you have heard. I'm sure it's a very common phrase. Knowledge is power. You ever think about who said that phrase? I didn't think about that until today. I was like, you know, I hear that phrase all the time, but that was said by a Francis Bacon. So when you think knowledge is power. Just know that the greatest food item out there, <laughs> that's how I'm going to remember at all times. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. I, I wrote down a lot of different quotes, looked out there for the greatest ones in my opinion and how I'd relate it to our podcast today. It was interesting that, uh, Mr. Bacon was from 1537 born 1537 to 1626. That's crazy. I mean, that's crazy that his quote has come along that many years uh, to today. So anyways, just figured I'd bring that up. So I wanted to start off with the first quote, uh, one of my favorites by Mr. Benjamin Franklin, an investment in knowledge pays the best interest. I can't agree with that more. And, and actually looking into his history, it was pretty interesting. So Benjamin Franklin was born in 1706 to 1790. Uh, so pretty good long life. But when you look up Benjamin Franklin, it shows that he is a polymath and I didn't know what that was. So I looked it up. A polymath is a person of wide ranging knowledge. Oh gosh, I don't have my screen scrolled over, uh, or learning. So, um, you know, a lot of people know that he was a writer, a scientist, inventor, statesman, diplomat, yada, yada, yada. He did a lot of stuff. And I kind of view myself as a polymath. Now that I know that term, I think it's really cool. And I'm going to use it from now on. But, um, you know, the phrase of, um, you know, master of no skills, good at a lot of different things. Uh, I feel like I, I fit into that pocket quite a bit. So, um, yeah. So for that phrase, an investment in knowledge pays the best interest. I can't say that I've ever heard a more truer statement. Um, it's funny how, when we're younger, uh, you know, we all grow up in different, there's so many different variables out there. We have different living situations, different families, education, you know, we're young and dumb and stubborn in a lot of ways. Um, but I feel like we don't really learn a lot of the much needed skills growing up. So I, I could tell you from personal experience, um, had a lot of times where, you know, every once in a while I'd be like, okay, let's learn how to change a tire or let's how learn how to change your spark plugs or something like that. Um, I remember my mom teaching me how to balance a checkbook. Uh, those are all good skills, but when you're young and you don't ever use those skills, you quickly unlearn those skills. <laughs> and, uh, so as I was digging around my office, I actually found one of the first books that I received and 
it's not even that great of a book and I don't know why I kept it, but it's called the reader's digest book of skills and tools. And I think when I first got this book, I actually got this book from, um, one of my friends, I think I actually got it from his mom, uh, back in college. Um, you know, it was cool. It had a lot of great techniques on, you know, woodworking and stoneworking and, you know, how to do this and that. But when you're in college, they're all cool skills to know, but if you're not going to use them, then it's kind of a book that falls off the wayside. Now I can tell you recently, I got a book called what school should have taught you the 75 skills you actually use in life by Aiden Tate. Now that has been a great read. Okay. I've started going through this and you've got everything in here from, you know, cars to money to food, health, safety. Um, this has actually been a really good book and definitely some of the items that I've had checked in my own brain on what I'm going to help teach my kids, um, as they get older. But I think when it comes to knowing how to do different tasks on your day to day life, it's going to just save you so much money in, in the long end. So, um, and with that being said, I feel like today in today's society, knowledge just seems to be slipping away. Yeah. We have a lot of great technology out there today. Yes. But if I were to go up to somebody and say, Hey, do you know how to change your cabin filter for your car? No. Okay. Do you know how to change your air filter for your engine? No. Okay. Do you know how to change your bathroom fan and your bathroom, you know, to get all the moisture out of the air? No. Okay. There's so many things that we use on a day-to-day basis and a lot of people don't know how to operate it, how to fix it, how to dispose of it, just any kind of aspect relating to the item. So I want you to ask yourself, how are you passing on your future knowledge? I could tell you, I try to make it a habit of every single day teaching my boys and sometimes my wife too, cause she's, I mean, we're all learning, um, something new something learned every day to try to keep on passing on that information. So, um, I just want to talk about a few things that I've learned over the years that I think that have helped tremendously. Um, and we'll start off with just, uh, I put a bunch of different topics. So if I'm, if you're watching the video on YouTube or, or Spotify, just know I'm looking at my handy dandy sheet here, but, uh, First off, I put handyman. I finished my basement pretty much by myself. I had probably 10% of it was for family members or additional help from people. Um, but a majority of it was done by myself. You know, I come home from work, hang out with uh, my wife and son. And then, you know, when they go to bed, then I was coming down here to work on the basement. So finishing how to do build walls, do electrical, do plumbing, insulation. Those teach you a lot about how to save money real quick. Um, I, I could tell you initially when we got our quotes for finishing our basement, it was going to be like, I think it was 45 to $50,000 to have somebody come out and finish it. And in the long run, I decided, you know what? I'm going to make this a task of mine. I'm going to figure out how to do this. I'm going to look up building code. I'm going to look up every kind of YouTube video, because we have the greatest resource out there today to learn pretty much any skill we want to learn today. Um, 
So I used YouTube for pretty much everything. And then, you know, I looked at code and made sure I did it right. Took pictures of all my work so that if uh, we ever moved out of our house or if I ever needed to remember, shoot, where did I run that conduit through my wall for my wiring? Or where did I run this electrical cable? I could just pull up pictures of when I finished my basement and see exactly where that hole was drilled or where that wire was ran. So that was super helpful. Um, and I've used those skills since then. So ever since I've done those jobs, I mean, I just replaced my, um, circuit breaker for my oven. Um, gosh, if I would have just spent more time troubleshooting the issue and I did it help desk for 10 years, it's real easy just to, to think through the process and figure out, okay, I did this. What's next. I did this. What's next. But I never would have thought, okay, a circuit breaker could be the issue why my oven keeps on randomly turning off once it gets up to 350 degrees. And instead, um, well, I guess I'll start off with, I took the back panel off of it. I checked all the wiring. I checked the connections. I checked the heating element. I checked all the components of the oven and could not find any issues with the oven and tested the, the cable everything tested fine. So I was like, okay, it's a, it must be a bad oven then. So I went out and bought a new oven, plugged in the new oven and it had the exact same issue. It got, got to a certain point where my wife's making brownies and then she goes to make the next item and the oven just turns off. So I went out to the, the breaker box, found the oven circuit breaker, popped it out, went and bought a new one, put that one in. Sure enough, that fixed the issue, but that issue cost me 800 bucks, whatever it was for brand new oven. So I think it's vital that people continue to learn things to help save themselves some money. I, I can't tell you how many times I was taken advantage of every time I went to a uh, car dealership or a shop to go get my oil changed or my filters replaced or my f fluids, you know, whatever the case may be. And when I first found out how cheap it was, to replace my own cabin filter and my own, uh, engine air filter. I was mad. <laughs> I was absolutely just furious because, you know, and I just went, um, to dealership recently cause I had to get a few other things done that I didn't, I, I learned how to do it through YouTube and I quickly realized that's not what I want to spend my time doing. So what's my value worth or what's my term time worth. But, um, for the cabin filter, they wanted to, to swap it out for 60 bucks. You look it up online, you go to Amazon, you look up your car, you see, okay, the filter is $6 and 99 cents. And then all you got to do for like the engine one, open up your hood, find the little compartment where your filter goes, unscrew it, lift it up, replace filter, screw it back on. It really is that simple. And I would love to show every single person. I know I actually showed, um, one of my friends down in Kentucky, like some very easy car things that you can do moving forward. That'll save you a bunch of money. So anyways, his phrase really stuck out to me when I was looking up different quotes tonight. Um, but an investment in knowledge pays the best interest. Couldn't agree more. Uh, which leads me to my next favorite quote quote. The only source of knowledge is experience. So that's by Albert Einstein. He was a theoretical physicist, if you guys didn't know that. And um, I think that's a really good one because you can sit here and watch 
YouTube videos, read books. I mean, I've, I've got all sorts of books around here. Um, you can do that as much as you want and you can say, you know, that information, but will you actually remember it when it comes time to do that action? And I would say most of the time, probably not. I'd say it's probably 50 to 60%. Most likely not going to remember exactly what to do. Um, I have a not application on my phone on how to tie knots because I was getting frustrated when it came to Christmas time and I had to throw a tree up onto the car and I had to tie a knot to tie that string down. I couldn't figure it out. You know, I, I tie it around, make the knot, do like three more knots on the exact same knot, you know, throw the string over, pull it around, tie it off. And it just still seemed loose. I could never get it to be a really tight cinch. And I was like, there's gotta be a better way of doing this. And I, so I found an app on my phone. I think I paid a dollar for it, but I had some free Google credits laying around and, uh, I watched it over and over and over. And I'm like, okay, great. I know how to do this now. Well, it's been about a year now and I can't remember it for the life of me. And it's also because I didn't actually do it. I didn't take a rope myself, take two different ends and s practice doing that technique over and over. So, um, yeah, I think there's a difference between watching things, reading things and actually doing it. Um, and I, so I can't, I can't speak to that one enough that, you know, we can talk about prepping. We could talk about how we are, um, using our skills, using our knowledge to build a better life, a self-sustaining life. Um, but you got to actually put in the work. You got to spend the time actually performing that task over and over until you actually know how to do it and you can do it without needing to reference back to something. So, uh, the next quote that I learned, and I, I don't know how long this podcast is going to go on tonight, but I wanted to get something out there because <laughs> I, um, I know there's some people that have been asking like, Hey, when's your next podcast? Uh, you guys kind of dropped off there. Yes. Uh, and the goal is to keep on doing these every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Sometimes we can't hit every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at the time that we want, but we'll get there soon enough here. Um, but the next quote was knowledge is a weapon and I intend to be formidably armed. <laughs> I thought that was a really cool one. Uh, that was actually from Terry Goodkind, who is actually an epic fantasy writer. Um, so I just thought that was funny. Um, and it actually, Seeing that quote reminded me of uh, a prepping matrix that a fellow prepper made um, at PrepperLink. So I'm actually going to share my screen. I know for the people that are on the podcast listening to this, you won't be able to see it, but I'll try to explain it in as much detail as possible so you have a visual uh, in your mind. So let me share my screen and prepping matrix. All right. So on my screen you've got a bunch of different categories. So this was a document that was put together by somebody that kind of called out all the main categories of prepping. And I know JT and I have talked about this in the past when it comes to either our, our get home bags or how we're preparing or what we're preparing for. Um, but this is a really good all encompassing document to show all the different types of prepping types of knowledge types of whatever that's relating to prepping. So, um, you've got, uh, we'll start from the top and work our way around. So you've got medical water, food protection, 
survival, communication, energy, financial, and sanitation and hygiene. And every single one of these breaks off into its own little thing. So for, um, for water, you've got bug in versus bug out. When it comes to bug in, you've got rainwater collection, you've got well water, you've got surface water, stuff like that. For bug out, you've got your, how are you going to collect water? How are you going to store water? How much are you going to put on yourself uh, or in a bag? Stuff like that. And what's great about this is it doesn't matter which direction you want to go in when it comes to prepping. Think of whatever scenario that works best for yourself, whether it's your area. If you're in a high, um, you know, you have experienced a lot of tornadoes or earthquakes uh, if you're around a lot of forest fires, if you're traveling a lot, whatever the situation may be, think about your scenario and what you pre pre prepare for. And then just look at this document. I'm going to link this in our um, one tree link so that everybody will have access to this, but pick something. I mean, I've been wanting to get more and more into medical. I've been working on my medical bag. I want to get medical training. Uh, you know, I'm CPR, uh, CPR certified. I'm uh, continually learning different techniques, techniques myself. I mean, I just got uh, a box of sutures, so needles and thread and, um, you know, I'll be practicing, uh, sewing stitches and that kind of stuff just so I, I know how to stitch up uh, a cut or something like that. Um, but you can literally look at any single one of these topics and just go to town. Think about if we're going to look at, let's just go down to, um, Oh gosh, I'm trying to think of like an easier one, but any one of them can be difficult. Um, so let's just look at communication. Um, so you've got your long-term plan, you've got your emergency plan, your bugging or retreat plan. I had talked about this on a previous podcast. Um, oh, sorry, I was partially going down the survival plan, <laughs> um, but security, uh, but let's look at it from the, let's do the survival plan. So bug in or retreat, putting together a binder. What am I going to do in this specific situation? Um, you know, let's talk about home defense. Okay. For home defense, I can get equipment to do that. So we can get window protection so that it doesn't shatter. I know there's like a 3M film that you can put on your windows. Um, some people have screens already. Some people have boards. Some people have, um, the sheets that kind of just roll down over the windows. Um, but it doesn't always have to be material. It could be self-defense. Do you know Krav Maga? Do you know how to handle a gun? If you're, if you're, if you don't mind guns, if you're pro second amendment, that's great. If not, that's okay too. There's, um, gosh, I can't tell you how many alternative weapons there are out there that I was looking at a while back before I was into guns and you have everything from different types of pepper spray to, um, I'm blanking on the term, but the zappers, <laughs> you know, the stun guns, uh, you've got, you've got guns that shoot pepper spray bullets or like balls, um, like paintballs. Um, so many different types out there, but you can learn a skill like Krav Maga or boxing or something like that. That's going to help you get that kind of muscle memory to be able to defend yourself. So anyways, long, long story short, I think it's, it's vital that people spend the time to learn the skill, 
not just watch it on YouTube or watch it on TikTok or something like that and say, oh, I know how to do that. Um, sometimes it is easy and sometimes it just needs a little bit more work. So um, I think this is a great document. Uh, I really want to, I'll probably end up printing this off tonight because I keep on forgetting to do that. But I'd like to just start marking off certain things. Um, you know, my eyes initially go towards laundry and dishes. If you didn't have dish soap, what would you do? How would you wash your clothes? How do you make soap? I can't tell you how many times I'm standing in the shower and, you know, I break out the, the bar of soap or shampoo and I'm like, I don't even know how to make this. And I'm putting it all over my body. What's in it? <laughs> so, um, you know, we're doing a lot more videos now on freeze drying food and that's a learning process in itself. Uh, it's, you know, a very expensive machine. How do you use it? You obviously don't want to break it. What kind of foods can you put in there? What kind of foods can't you put in there? How do you clean it up afterwards so that it's sanitary for the next food item? Um, so I, I tend to find myself looking more and more at ingredients and thinking, is there a better, cleaner, safer way? And is there something that's something where I can make it? How do you make vinegar? How do you make, um, gosh, I just, the, the questions keep coming and I feel like if you're somebody that likes to learn and you're somebody that wants to learn, like continually build your knowledge base in every single area, it could be a little daunting. It could be a little, a little much, um, just thinking about all the different things. So I have a long laundry list on all the things that I want to do this year of, you know, for canning, um, I want to do canning for butter. I want to do canning for meat or for stews. Um, but I also know that I've got a freeze dryer that can do a lot of that too. Um, so we posted some videos out there recently. Um, my wife posted a video on our freeze dried eggs and freeze dried milk and freeze dried strawberries. So strawberries are coming. So keep an eye out for that. JT did a great video on the, um, hundred hour candle or the forever candle, um, those last for a long time. And he actually used a technique that I didn't know. Um, I actually didn't melt down my, uh, uh, gosh, what is it called? Or Cresco or Crisco. I, I didn't melt mine down. <laughs> I just took a, a spatula and scooped it in and put it in the jar and just kept pressing it down and using, um, I don't remember what I used. I think it was just a small spatula to get all, all the air pockets and that kind of stuff. But I'm sure as soon as I light the candle, it's going to melt down a little bit lower and, not fill up the whole thing. So his technique is probably a much better technique. I just went for the the fast, get it on the shelf and have it done. So, um, but yeah, uh, laundry and dishes. Soap has been a big one. I actually want to do that a lot. I see a lot of like goat milk being used for soap and how do you get all the different smells? I mean, I know you get, there's, you can get flowers and, um, put them in oils and then add that into your, or get, you know, if you buy any kind of sensi oils or stuff like that, I know you can always get that and add that into your mixture to make a different sense. So anyways, keep that in mind as you're trying to think about different ways of expanding your overall knowledge, um, which then leads me to the next, uh, well, we talked about knowledge as a weapon. That's a huge weapon. Um, if you can make sure that you're always in a position where somebody would need you. I think that's something that I always, 
I always strive to. I want to be needed. I want to be, um, I want people to always know that, you know, I really don't know, but I know Cam Holt. He, he should know that he may know that. And if he doesn't, I know he'll find out. <laughs> so that's, that's something that I strive for. Um, cause I like being relied on. I like people knowing that they can come to me for help or come to me for whatever sake case. And I could provide a service for them. Uh, because I am, I feel that I'm very giving or serviceable. I mean, I like to help out in any way I can. So, um, that's why I'm part of a lot of different organizations, part of lions club, part of, I help coach every single sport my boys ever want to do. And I always want to make sure that, um, even if I don't know it, I'm not going to be the person that's like, now go have fun, kid. <laughs> I want them to rely on their dad. I want them to know that I will figure it out and I will help them. So I, I coach baseball. I'm currently coaching basketball. I will be coaching baseball here again for the fifth year. Yeah. Fifth or sixth year now. Um, soccer, um, you name it. There's a long list. So, um, yeah, I think I've, I think I've stayed on that topic long enough. So the, uh, next quote, and I think I'm going to, this is probably like halfway kind of wrapping it up here, but the goal of education is not to increase the amount of knowledge, but to create the possibilities for a child to invent and discover, uh, to create men who are capable of doing new things. Um, I like that because, you know, well, first off that phrase was from a French individual, Jean Piaget. Um, and, uh, he was a psychologist known for his work on child development. So I thought that was pretty interesting, but, um, anyways, as a father of two boys, I can't tell you how important this is in my heart, um, because I want to raise two self-sufficient, uh, independent boys who know their history, who know how to do things when they get older and that they can come to me to help guide them and kind of just help figure things out on their own too. I think if, uh, you know, I've seen more and more kids today that are just, they don't know what to do. They don't, they don't even ask how to do it. They just say, mom, dad, how do I do a blank? And they rely on somebody else, which is then resulting in more people as they get older doing the exact same thing. Um, whether they're in college or you're a young adult, you know, just completely relying on other people to do the tasks because they don't know how to do it. And they've never asked, how do I do it? And so since they don't know how to do it, I, I just need to call somebody, somebody else knows how to do it and they're going to continue to pay more money. So, you know, as we've gone through each one of these topics, I think it all leads down to our youth and how are we teaching them to better themselves? Um, to make a difference in the world. So, I mean, that's, that's at least my idea or my mindset. So, um, I wrote down one piece here. So, uh, let's see. I don't think, oh, okay. Yeah. So I was going into details on like 
can there be a, a greater gift that you can give your, your children um, than giving them knowledge or giving them the capabilities to learn more, develop their skills with that knowledge. And I don't think there is a greater gift because like I, like I said, you're, you're giving them the skills and the confidence needed to navigate the world and achieve their goals. And, um, I ended up writing down some reasons why. So I, I think it helps them develop problem solving skills. So when they learn to be self-sufficient, they learn to solve their own problems on their own, which can help build their critical thinking and problem solving skills that could be valuable throughout their lives. I think it builds confidence, uh, being able to take care of themselves and accomplish tasks independently can build a sense of confidence and self-worth, um, which then can help them approach challenges with a positive attitude and believe in their ability to know that, Hey, I have the skill to do this, or if I don't have the skill, I'll figure it out. I'll learn it. And then I'll be able to do it. That's a huge confidence booster. Um, so, uh, encourage responsibility when boys learn to be self-sufficient, they're also learning to take responsibility for their actions and their own well-being, which can help them become more responsible and accountable adults. That's the whole point of being responsible is providing a response. You're doing something to make your situation better by being responsible. You're taking action and addressing a need or addressing something that, that needs to be accomplished. So anyways, and then the last piece that I wrote down is that it fosters independence. I think by learning to do things themselves, um, they can learn to take responsibility for their actions and their own well-being, which can help them become responsible and accountable adults. Did I say that already? Yes, I did. Hmm. Uh, foster independence. I think that's the one I was on, uh, by learning to do things for themselves, boys can develop a sense of independent and self-sufficient or self-reliance that can help them to become more self-sufficient and less reliant on others. So as we talk more and more about prepping, that's what I kept on coming back to was that by helping them give these skills and it could be the basics, I mean, super basics. Let's talk about gardening. This last year was a huge eye opener for both of them on where does our food come from? Um, they helped us plant, um, cucumbers for pickling and they love pickles. And when they found out that they can grow their own cucumbers and then turn them into pickles, they were all about, Hey, can I go out to the garden and pick some more cucumbers and make more pickles? Heck yes. Here you go. Here's a, here's a bucket. Go pick as many as you want. Um, potatoes. My youngest is obsessed with French fries. He wants them for every single meal. And so when I said, Hey, you know, we can grow our own potatoes. And then anytime you want French fries, we'll go buy a little device that you stick your potato in there and smash them through it. And now you've got French fries. He thought that was the coolest thing in the world. What? We don't need to go to the restaurant anywhere to go get French fries. We can make our own French fries. Um, so just going over like little things, how to grow, I mean, take a sunflower seed and stick it in a little pot, um, get a wet paper towel and put it in the window and see it sprout after, you know, a week. Um, it just opens up their eyes and allows them to better understand the world 
And then that's, that's a stepping stone for the rest of their life. Um, so I, we try to do a lot of involving our kids. Um, my wife's doing more and more, like, let's get them involved with cooking and baking. So, you know, they'll, they'll bring up a chair to the Highland and start working on how to mix things and mix your dry ingredients and your wet ingredients or, um, they're just techniques that if you don't have somebody to guide you, you're always going to think, man, I wish somebody would have taught me this when I was younger. Can't tell you how many times I've had that same thought process, um, over these last few years. So, um, overall teaching, uh, our younger generations or my young boys to be self-sufficient, independent is a valuable gift that can help them develop their skills, their confidence and mindset to succeed in life. So that was my overall thing I wanted to communicate is just get out there and spread things that, you know, I mean, you take the time to learn something or even if you don't, and you just happen to come across something, you're like, Oh wow, I never knew that. Well, I bet there's a whole lot of people out there that don't know that either. So, um, I wanted to give you a stunning stat for this, for this podcast. And I found the coolest media thing. Let me see if I got the right transition here. According to a study by IBM, the world's collective knowledge is currently doubling every 12 hours. I just thought that was really cool. How cool is that? Every 12 hours, the world's collective knowledge is doubled, which then means that the amount of information and knowledge available to us is increasing at an unprecedented rate and highlights the importance of lifelong learning and continuous education in order to keep up with this rapid pace of change. I thought that was, you know, I've heard that step before and I think I've called it out in a previous podcast. Um, but I didn't know what it was until I looked it up today. But if it's every 12 hours today, I'm curious now, cause I'm a very analytical guy. What was it? At what point was it every 24 hours or at what point was it every 48 hours? How fast has it progressed? And are we going to get to a point when is 12 hours going to go down to six hours? Is it once our population doubles? Is it based on this different technology? I mean, we've talked about chat GPT for like AI technology. Um, you know, to me that gets scarier and scarier. It's good because we're using technology to help us at the same point in time, AI doesn't ever forget. <laughs> There's no human brain behind it. It's a continual pumping and dumping of information into a system that can take that information and do whatever it wants with it, unless we set those guidelines. So just something to keep in mind out there. I don't want some, uh, Terminator kind of scenario. We see a lot of movies out there for Doomsday. And um, that's one of my concerns as we get further and further into AI technology. So anyways, in short, uh, passing on knowledge to future generations is essential for continued progress, understanding and preservation of a society as a whole. And I encourage you all to go out there, learn something new and pass it on to somebody else. So that's going to be it for today's podcast. Um, I hope everybody got something out of this. And if not, there'll be another one on Wednesday. So <laughs> good chatting with you all. 
and uh, looking forward to our next topic on Wednesday. So have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Preppin' Patriots podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a five-star review. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can do so at contact at preppinpatriots.stream. And finally, this episode was sponsored by... 